probably should have just made that the whole service and, and not limited to two or three or something like that. And everybody just got around fellowship and, and appreciate one another. I tell you what, I believe that's needed in churches today. I believe that, that love shown and to encourage. And uh, just because uh, maybe somebody didn't come to you necessarily that you think, well, they should appreciate me. Well, if that's your attitude, you don't need to be appreciated. No, I'm kidding you. <laughs> No, uh, uh, it's just hard to get around when you do two or three and, and keep the services going. But I want you to know that we love you and appreciate each one here. I'll tell you, well, what a blessing. Uh, Calvary Baptist, the, the folks the Lord has led here and, and that's been here. And, and what a blessing it is to this pastor. And, and we, we love you and appreciate you. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. There's many people that do so many things that goes unsung a lot of times in churches, and, and they, sometimes they feel like, well, nobody appreciates it. Well, and I think we ought to try to do our best to do that, but sometimes we don't, we don't show it as, like we ought to. We've got so many people working in so many different areas, and you're afraid to leave somebody out, but uh, there's just a multitude of areas people do, do so many different things. And I mean, it's, it's, it's just amazing how God uh, works. And, you know, sometimes in churches, you just can't get people to do anything. And uh, I praise the Lord for the, for the folks that we've got and, and the loving desire to do things. I mean, down to notes and, and cookies and everything else. I mean, sending to people and calling people and things like that. Things that go unnoticed many times. So I praise the Lord for you. Say, preacher, you going to preach on tonight? Nope, just thought that we ought to do that. Amen. Uh, if you would, please stand for the reading of God's Word. If you're able to, we've been in a series on Wednesday nights. Unless the Lord leads, leads elsewhere or causes me to stay with this. We'll probably this will be our last uh, message in this series. We series we've titled this series at His Feet, and uh, I don't know whether you got anything. I I got great joy out of studying, looking at the different instances through the Bible, and there's there are still others that that uh, we could go to, but uh, uh, feel like maybe this is where we'll end it unless the Lord shows us otherwise. Matthew chapter 15, we'll begin reading verse 29, just read three verses here and then get into our message. And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the sea of Galilee and went up into the mountain, into a mountain and sat down there. And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw the dumb to speak and the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. In verse 30, uh, you already picked it out there. It says, the great, uh, And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were blind, or lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. I'd like to preach a message that I've titled, Bringing Others to the Feet of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we come to you this evening. I thank you, Lord, for our church family. And Lord, I pray that you bless them in a special way. Speak to our hearts tonight through the Word. Forgive me my sins where I fail you, Lord, even this day. And Lord, I pray that you'd use me. Uh, Lord, uh, that I might be a vessel meet for the Master's use. Hide me behind the cross. Glorify your Son. Magnify yourself, Lord, in the services, Lord, as we look at your greatness 
And Lord, I pray now that you just help us to get something, Lord, that will encourage us and strengthen us, Lord, in this walk that we have in this life for you. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated. We see here many that were brought to being brought to Jesus and were cast at his feet and healed there. Some believe, and I don't know whether you could really say this or not because I believe there was a, uh, it was a mixed multitude. Some believe that many of them that came at this time were Gentiles, but I believe there was many Jews also with them. And they take that from verse 31 where it says, and they, and they glorified God, the God of Israel, saying, well, instead of, saying, instead of glorifying their God, uh, they glorified the God of Israel. Well, I, I, I can't, I can't d- decide whether that would be true, but either way, there were many that came, a multitude. This also is the same group, if you go on and read down a little ways there, this is the same group that Jesus uh, had followed Jesus for three days without eating. And he takes uh, uh, seven loaves of bread and a few fishes, and it says that he feeds feeds them there. In fact, in verse 36, it uh, says that he took the seven loaves and the fishes and gave uh, thanks and break them and gave to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude and they did eat and were filled and they took up of the broken meat and of that was left seven baskets full and they that did eat were 4,000 men beside women and children. So there was a, a great multitude there. When he said multitude, he meant it because uh, he fed 4,000 men plus the women and children. And so who knows, it could have been upwards of uh, of, of uh, seven, eight thousand people. We don't know how many was there because you know if you had, if some of them had their wives and maybe some of them had two or three children with them, it, it could add up pretty fast. But we find here that something that we want to look at tonight, and, and in keeping with our series, I want to consider the first part that we read here when they came to Jesus in the mountain and they cast down the many with great needs at His feet. I want to show you what took place possibly because it just seemed so crude when I read that. I thought, they cast them down at his feet. Um, come here, Blake. <clears throat> I want you to stand right here. Come, uh, come here. I'll use this Levi. I'll use this Levi. All right. We're going to have a Levi. And let's say that he is that he is uh, uh, blind. He was one of the blind ones there and everything. And so when they got to Jesus, they just went. (laughs) That's the way it kind of reads, doesn't it? It says that they cast him down at his feet. You all right? (laughs) He's not only blind, now he has a broken leg. He's lame, amen? (laughs) Maimed and whatever it might be. That's how you got all them in one. There's one person, but he's blind, maimed, and lame, you know. And uh, no, <laughs> well, he's not saying that's a different type of dumb there, all right? No, that's not what took place. When they brought them, when they're talking about casting them at his feet, they come with a reverence, you might say, and I believe that they took them directly to the feet of Jesus and maybe even knelt there with them themselves and brought them to the place of Jesus' feet, casting them there, bringing them, meaning that brought them directly to the feet of Jesus. And the casting is that they brought them low. Okay? If I take a rock and I cast it, it's going to go to the ground, more than likely, unless I throw it up on top of the roof or something. It's going to go low. And that's what took. They, they brought them to the, to the feet of Jesus. They cast them 
down. Otherwise, brought them to the feet, brought them low in humility, and so that Jesus would, would be looking at them and that they might have that, that, that humble spirit, that they might uh, heal them, that, they might, that he might heal them, that he might do a great work in their lives. Well, notice uh, for here that, uh, as we've already mentioned, notice that there were many needs of those brought to Jesus. Look here in verse 30. And great multitudes came unto him. It didn't say that they were all blind and lame, but it says, having with them, there was many that came with the multitudes, having with them those that were lame, blind, dumb, maimed, and many others, talking about many other things that were wrong with them, and cast them down at Jesus' feet, and he healed them. It wasn't just one particular need, and I want us to understand that. There was not just one particular need that they all had. Many times when we think about the need of somebody, we think, first of all, and I think rightly so, we think about salvation, that they need Jesus Christ as their Savior because that is the greatest need in any person's life. But there's a multitude of needs. It said that there was many needs in, in name different things that were needful in their lives. They were blind, they were lame, they were maimed, they had all kinds of things, maybe different diseases because it didn't list everything, but it said that there were others. And there was great needs that they brought in, different types of needs as they cast them to Jesus' feet. Also, many of these would not have been able to have to get to Jesus by themselves if someone hadn't taken them there. You got the lame and the blind, the maimed. Those couldn't walk. The maimed, possibly uh, on maybe something wrong, a broken leg or, or something that is maimed. The blind, they couldn't find their way to Jesus. The the, uh, the lame, the, that means that they could not walk. Their feet were, were unable to carry them. And so you have these, these great needs of them getting to Jesus to be healed, but they of themselves couldn't get there. In your life, in my life, God has placed people that have great needs. Every one of us, God's going to have people in your life that have great needs. And there are going to be different types of needs. There's going to be just like this mixed multitude that came that had different types of problems and difficulties. There's going to be all kinds of needs that need to be met by Jesus Christ. A multitude of things, and the only one that can take care of that need, just as it was here, is Jesus Christ in many of their lives. There's every one of us, or not everyone probably, but pretty well most everyone in this room has run across a problem in somebody's life that you can do absolutely nothing about. They've approached you for help, and there's nothing that you can do of yourself for them. If they came to you and they needed $10, you might be able to give them $10. But there may be other needs in their life that they come to you about, and you yourself can't do, though, take care of that need yourself by yourself. 
As we face this world, there's great needs. I mentioned salvation being of the greatest need. One of the greatest needs is for you and I to get others to Jesus Christ that they might be saved. There's other spiritual needs in their lives. And many times people are struggling in their lives with different things and there's a spiritual problem there. And the only one that's going to be able to handle that is Jesus Christ. And the only way that uh, they're going to get that help because they've drifted maybe away from the Lord and they're not where they ought to be spiritually. And, and so if they're not where they ought to be spiritually, they need somebody to get them to the feet of Jesus for that help. Every person in this room, probably at some time in your life, there has been a struggle spiritually in your life. And, and the spiritual life is not just a straight line straight up. But it goes up and down like this, and hopefully it's climbing all the time. But there's probably times in your life that you were down spiritually and you needed somebody to come along and maybe encourage you or help you in the Lord or, or maybe take the Bible and, and sit down with you and say, I know you're going through a problem, but here's what the Bible says about this and here's how Jesus Christ can take care of that in your life. And they're needing you to get them to the feet of Jesus. Lost your place probably. A spiritual need. We run across that all the time. This world is in a spiritual need. Yes. You get out here and you go down to out here on the highway and you go down to Walmart, you walk through Walmart, and I guarantee you there is spiritual need, spiritual need, spiritual need everywhere. You walk over here, drive over here, go to the hospital, go in there, and if you'd walk down that, down through there, people laying in that, in that hospital, yes, they got a physical need, but my friend, many of them have a spiritual need. You go up here to the funeral home and stand there and watch people file through and shake hands with someone that, and tell them that they're sorry for losing a loved one, but many of them that's walking through has a greater problem than the person standing there by that casket. A spiritual need. And the only way that many times you can, they're going to get any help is that somebody has got to get them to the feet of Jesus. There's the spiritual needs. There's the health needs. Yes. And I believe that there's those times when we need to get them to the Lord's Get them to see that the Lord wants to help them through those times. There's the physical needs in other areas of our lives. There's the family needs. There's the emotional needs. There's the times that we need great encouragement. And, you know, sometimes that encouragement that's needed in our lives, somebody can sit down beside you and say, I, I, know, I know how you feel. And they don't. And they don't. So what do you do? What do you do in a time like that? What do you do in a time like that when they're going through a, a, a dark valley and, and the struggles is so heavy on their lives and, and they're just broken and they need some type of encouragement. They need some type of light. They need some type of help. What do you do? Some Christians walk in and say, well, the scripture says all things work together for good to them that love God and call according to his purpose. The scripture's Right. But seldom does it help them out of their darkness. Because what they're going through doesn't look like something good. What they need is for you to get them to the feet of Jesus. Because when you many times say, I understand. And there's times that 
a person can because you've been through it yourself. And the Lord will put you in their life to get them still to the feet of Jesus Christ. You see, there is no one that can encourage and strengthen and comfort like the Lord himself. There's no one that can lift the veil and cause the sun to shine in your life like Jesus Christ can. There's no one that can, can cheer a heart and lift you and wipe the tears away like Jesus Christ. And we need to get them to the Lord, to his feet. Maybe the hope, direction and decisions. So many times and I'll get phone calls or maybe somebody come into the office or, or I'll meet with somebody in their home or see somebody somewhere and they'll say, I, 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 what do you think about this particular thing and that particular thing? And, and if I have something that I can, I'll share with them. But many times, there's been many times in my life and, and, and through experience, the Lord has allowed me to see some things, do some things and deal with some things that I can help them sometimes. But there's a lot of times that uh, in some of those decisions, and I can point out certain things to them, but the bottom line is, is I have to go to them and say, listen, you've got to get to the Lord and find out what the Lord wants. Over the years, I've had, especially being as a, a youth pastor, I'd have different teenagers and they, they are ready to graduate from high school and they're trying to decide about going to college or maybe which college and and so forth in their life. And they'd come and say, Brother, hey, what do you think I ought to do? And I said, well, what's on your heart? And we'd sit down and talk. And, the, and they'd tell me. And i say, oh, well, and they'd say, should I go to this college or should I go to this college? Uh, should I do this or should I do that? And I, and I look at them and say, here's what you need to do. You need to get along with the Lord. And you need to pray. And you need to see what God wants you to do. You need to see what God wants you to do. Now, if there's something wrong, and sometimes I can give them some direction. There's been times that they come to me and say, I feel like the Lord's called me to, to be a, a missionary and go to, to such and such field. And, Where do you think I ought to go? And, and sometimes I'll say, well, there's this, this particular uh, uh, Bible college that is super good on missions. I, I recommend it. And then I'll usually wind up saying, but you need to pray about it and seek the Lord what he wants you to do. we got to get them to the feet of Jesus. And all the decisions that's before us because many times what happens, we can give them our opinions. We can give them what we think that we would do. But my friend, that's not necessarily what God wants them to do. And so we've got to do all that we can to get them to the feet of Jesus. So many times we don't stop though and consider that in their condition, they need someone to get them to the feet of Jesus. Day in and day out, people, Christians meet other people who are going through difficulties and struggles. What they're really needing is to get them and take them and get them to a place where they'll call upon the Lord, where they'll seek the Lord. We've got to get them to the feet of Jesus. Many times in people's lives, I and I, I try to be cautious when leading somebody to Christ. I don't want them to pray a prayer just for me. I want them to want Jesus Christ as their Savior. I can help them with the prayer, but it's got to be from their heart. 
Basically, what you got to do, you got to get them to a place through the Scripture and the Holy Spirit deal with their lives so that they'll come to a realization that they need Jesus Christ as their Savior and that they want Jesus Christ as their Savior and they call upon Him as their Savior, getting them to the feet of Jesus. But it's not always easy to get them to the feet of Jesus. Look at verse 29 there. It says, And Jesus departed from thence and came nigh unto the Sea of Galilee and went up into a mountain and sat down there. I looked at that and I thought, you got the blind, you got the lame, you got the maimed, you've got all these that maybe they're sick with diseases, and to get to Jesus, they got to climb that mountain. He was sitting on a mountain. He wasn't sitting down at the seacoast. It says that he departed and he sat down at, at, on a mountain. And I, I got to thinking about where that's at in, in Galilee and there in, in some of that areas of Galilee, the, there is rocky bluffs and stuff around that. And so no doubt, uh, even if it was a, a good smooth area for grazing and stuff, they still had to climb up that mountain to get to him. It's not easy to get them to Jesus sometimes, is it? Sometimes we, we use, use maybe try to think about somebody that, that's lost and we're trying to get them to the feet of Jesus so that they'll get saved. And it's so hard sometimes. Sometimes we're afraid that they'll get mad at us. Sometimes we're afraid that they'll shun us and, and, and have nothing to do with us and, and, and turn away from us. But we've got to get them up that mountain. We've got to get them to the place where the feet of Jesus is. We've got to get to that place where they can fall at his feet. As I said, they had the get the blind, the lame, and the maimed up the mountain in order to get them to the feet of Jesus. Many times there's many struggles in our effort to get others to the feet of Jesus. And that's why many times Christians quit trying to get people to the feet of Jesus. Because it's not easy. It's not easy. It requires some things of you. It's not easy to have a good friend that you know is lost. And you've been buddies for, for years or whatever, and you turn to them and say, listen, if you don't receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to die and go to a devil's hell forever and ever. Isn't it hard? Sometimes. You know, sometimes some of the hardest ones to talk to about the Lord, and it shouldn't be this way, is family. It's family. It's a mountain to climb sometimes because we don't want the clash we don't want the head button. And it's a mountain to climb to, to try to get them there. And, and sometimes that, that clash comes in there and says, everything, oh, I don't want to hear it. Well, what do you do? You got to keep trying to get them up the mountain. You got to keep trying. What if they was leading the blind man up the mountain and he kept stumbling and they said, oh, this is too hard for you. You just stay down here. They never got their sight. What about the lame man? They had to carry him. Can you imagine carrying a lame man, a, 
up a mountain and and trying to, to navigate through the rocks and all the things going up that mountain to get that lame man to, to the feet of Jesus, stumbling yourself. Sometimes in our desire, we stumble, don't we? Trying to get them to the feet of Jesus that they might get saved, and sometimes we stumble and get aggravated. Sometimes we stumble and just... It's not easy. When you got saved, the Bible didn't say that everything's going to be a bed of roses and a walk in a park. The Bible did say that we all become ambassadors for Christ. That means that we represent Jesus Christ. And he gave the great commission not just to the preacher, but he gave the great commission to everyone. He said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel, taking the word of God to others that they might get saved, getting them to the feet of Jesus. The great need is, is yes, it's, it's not easy to get them there, but there's a great need. Just like that, the four that carried the man on his cot that was, had the, the palsy and he couldn't walk and he was lame and, and he was on that cot and four men took him and they got to the house where Jesus was and they couldn't get to inside with him. So they went up on the roof and they tore the roof off so that they could lure him. Not only did they, you stop and think about that. I doubt they took ropes with them. I really doubt they took ropes from them. I doubt anybody says, you know what, once we get to the house, we're not going to be able to get, get in there, so we might as well take some ropes. I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll tear the roof off. We'll lower him, tie the ropes on there, and we'll lower him down. No, I, I almost guarantee you they, they got there, and they couldn't get in, and so it was like, what are we going to do? And somebody probably, one of them probably said, uh, we can't do nothing about it. And somebody else said, no, we've got to get him down through there. And somebody else may say, we've got to tear that roof off. Yeah, but well, how are you going to do? You're going to just try to lower it. We can't reach down there. They had to get some ropes. Somebody had to go look for some ropes. Tie on that cod, and so they lowered him down. Where did they lower him? To the feet of Jesus. There's some obstacles. There's obstacles in, in trying to get people to the feet of Jesus. If you don't believe me, just stop and stop somebody out here at Walmart and say, hey, listen, I love you to come to church with me Sunday. Oh, that's my only day off, and uh, you know I, I'm busy all the time, and that's my only time to relax. It's my only time to do this. It's my only time to go do, go fishing or whatever it might be. And there's an obstacle. You might be talking to somebody that you've known for years at work, and say, "Listen, I, I, I really want you to come to church. They need to be saved." And you say, "I really like you to come to church. I really like." Uh, and, and he looks at you, and say, "I think church is where a bunch of hypocrites are." Oh, I knew somebody used to go to that church and Puh, if that's Christianity, I don't want it. And it's an obstacle. What do you do? You quit? No, you go look for the rope. Not to hang them by, but to get them down to the feet of Jesus. There's going to be obstacles in getting people to the feet of Jesus Christ. But the needs are great. The needs are, are so important in their lives, and we've got to get them to the feet of Jesus Christ. There is Christians. You walk out here, you walk down these streets, there's Christians in these houses that do not darken the doors of churches anymore. They got hurt or, or somebody did something to them or, or, or they didn't like the preacher or whatever, and they need somebody to get them back to the feet of Jesus Christ. They're not getting there themselves, are they? Somebody's got to get them back to the feet of Jesus. 
But there's a lot of obstacles. There's a mountain to climb. But Galatians 6, 9 says, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. See, preacher, I've been talking to that person for years, and they've never got saved. I've been trying to get them to come to church for, for five years now, and they've never once come to church. From the time that Kristen was a little girl, she used to send in letters and stuff, she would send gospel tracts to my uncle. We'd talk to, to him once in a while. And my aunt said, he's a good man. And he was. But he was a lost man. And it wasn't until he was 89 years old that he got saved. Baptized him when he was 91. It took years. And I'll be honest with you, I almost just threw up my hands and it was like, not going to happen. Look how old he is. Years ago, there was a man at Victory Baptist Temple. His name was Fate Shear. Fate Shear was an old Nazarene preacher. He, he, was a good, he was a godly man. He got saved later in life, and his kids went the way of the world. They'd seen God answer prayer. They'd seen how God had used him, and he was a godly man. He would get up at, at 4 o'clock in the morning and pray till about 6 o'clock in the morning every day. You go to his house, and over his door, he had a sign up there, pray with me before you leave. He'd get up and, 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 and brag on the Lord and give testimony. Just a godly man. I mean, a godly man. He'd get up in those services sometime and testify, and he'd say, pray for my kids. They're lost. Pray for them. Times I'd be at his house sometimes, he'd say, but Rodney, pray for my kids. They don't want anything to do with the gospel. Pray for them. And he'd invite them and try to get them to come to church. One day, Faith Shear died. And then one by one, his kids started getting saved. I think there was four of them. It was either three or four. And I think they all got saved over a period of the next three, four, five years. You can't quit. You got to keep on. Every Thursday night for, for over a year, and, and, and I say every Thursday night, unless I had someplace I had to be, every Thursday night I went and knocked on Bill Mounce's door. Went in, it got, I was there so much, I felt ashamed. But I couldn't help but go and see Bill Mounce. It got to be that Bill Mounce would have a glass of iced tea waiting for me. I am not kidding you. He knew what time I'd be there. 
Bill Mounts was a smoker and he'd sit there and, and, and trembling and sometimes even with tears he said, one of these days I'm going to give these up, Brother Rodney, and, and I'm going to come to church and I'm going to get saved. I said, Bill, it's not, it's not the cigarettes that's keeping you from getting saved. It's your heart. I said, you need Christ as your Savior. That cigarette's just going to put you in the, in the grave sooner. It's not that about the cigarette. It's about your heart. And I, I, one of these days, I, one day, they up and moved. Moved to another state. One Sunday night, I sit on the front row. Like these young men, Janine and I sit on the front row. We had our teenagers sit with us. our teenagers. We sit on the front row on this side over here. Our teenagers sit here and here and here, three rows of them. They weren't sitting with their parents. They sat with us. And boy, they'd hit the altars. They'd, use, they'd seek the Lord and stuff. I was sitting there that Sunday night. I seen Brother Parker look up, and he's, I heard somebody say, Can I say something? Brother Parker looked back there. He said, yeah, Bill. Good to see Bill Mounts in here tonight. I turned around and looked. Bill Mounts standing up back over here. He said, I want to thank the church. Everybody that come out and seen me and witnessed to me, he said, I got saved about a year ago. He thanked the church. Let us not be weary in well-doing. We've got to get them to the feet of Jesus. We never know, but what? Yes, we may not see them again, but what we did to help get them to the feet of Jesus, it takes prayer. James 5, 16 says, confess your faults one to another and pray one for another. It takes prayer. Praying for one another, praying for them that they might come to the Lord. It takes sacrifice. Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. And all these things shall be added unto you. He said, and his righteousness, and all these things be added. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You got to sacrifice seeking what the Lord wants that we, that we might get them to the feet of Jesus Christ. It takes time. The psalmist says, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen thine heart. And he says, wait, I say on the Lord. To get somebody to the feet of Jesus, there's a mountain, there's struggles, there's obstacles. He said, just keep on going. But he said, wait. Let the Lord take a hold of it. It takes tears. Many times, the psalmist said in Psalms 126, 5 and 6, they that sow in tears shall reap in joys, or reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. When's the last time that your heart was so broken that you wept over that one that you need to get to the feet of Jesus? When's the last time maybe when you was talking to them that they seen those tears roll down your face? When's the last time We become so hard-hearted. But we've got to get them to Jesus. It takes love. It takes a desire to get them there. 
takes the leadership of the Holy Spirit to guide us, to direct us, to show us the direction that God wants us to go. It takes spiritual strength on our part. If we're going to get them up the, up, up the, up the mountain, we've got to be spiritually strong enough to carry them up that mountain. We can't be living in sin and, and not taking care of our own lives. And, and so many times we got things in our lives and we're thinking, boy, I wish they'd get right with God. I wish that person would get saved. Why don't you get right with God? So that you have the spiritual strength to get them to the feet of Jesus. We need to get to the feet of Jesus first so that then we can go and carry them and have the strength in our lives to, to help them get to the feet of Jesus. Up that mountain takes the word of God applied in our lives and in their lives. It takes a consistent testimony for the Lord. People are watching your life and watching my life. And, and why would somebody let me lead them up a mountain if they look at my life and think, why do I need what they've got? Why should I go where they want to go when their life is a mess? People need to look at your life and see that your life matches your words. A testimony. Can I tell you something? It takes years to build a testimony with people and you can destroy that testimony in a matter of seconds. And then it takes a long time to get that testimony back. Protect that testimony for the Lord. Allow God to use you and to, and to, to, to strengthen you and, and to be that testimony to others. It takes a heart for others and for the glory of God. This was wrote and it was put in a song, but it was actually, I think, a, a poem as it started. It's called Others. Lord, help me live from day to day in such a self-forgetful way that even when I kneel to pray, my prayer shall be for others. Yes, others, Lord. Yes, others. Let this my motto be. Help me to live for others. Help me to live for others that I may live like thee, that I may live like thee. Help me in all the work I do to ever be sincere and true and know that all I do for you must needs be done for others. Let self be crucified and slain and buried deep and all in vain. May efforts be to rise again except to live for others. So when my work on earth is done and my new work in heaven's begun, I'll praise you for the crown I've won, but praise you more for others. Oh, that our heart would be to reach others, to get them to the feet of Jesus. We have become so self-centered. We don't see the need of getting others to the feet of Jesus. Then I want you to notice here the Lord will be glorified when we get them to other to get others to his feet. Verse 31 says, insomuch that the multitude wondered. When they saw the dumb to speak, the maimed to be whole, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, and they glorified the God of Israel. 
this world today needs to see the Lord glorified and magnified. They need to see a difference in your life and my life that will point them to Jesus Christ. When we get others to the feet of Jesus and He meets their needs and He changes their lives, He'll be glorified. As we see the Lord help us get them to His feet, as we see the Lord meet those needs, we need to give them, we need to give Him the glory that others might see Him high and lifted up. Getting others to the feet of Jesus is not about us. It's about the glory of the Lord. The psalmist said in Psalms 29 too, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Psalms 107 verse 8 says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. But the need is still that we get others to the feet of Jesus. There's been people in my life that have been instrumental in getting me from the time that I got saved and throughout the, my Christian life to the feet of Jesus. And if you'll be honest in your life also, there's been those who've been instrumental in getting you to the feet of Jesus. That He might save you, that He might strengthen you, that He might encourage you, that He might meet the spiritual need in your life, the physical need in your life, whatever the need is, when they got you to the feet of Jesus. Sitting in this room, we are the hands and we are the feet of Jesus Christ. And there's a mountain to climb many times to get people to the feet of Jesus. But he said, I'll strengthen you. And I'll help you through the obstacles. Just keep on keeping on till you get them to the feet of Jesus. That their lives will be changed then oh, the glory that we can give unto the Lord to magnify Him and to glorify Him. Let's bow. Maybe tonight you need to find a place here at this altar and ask the Lord to give you a heart for others. To reach them, to love them, care for them, to continue on to try to get them to the feet of Jesus. There may be somebody that the Lord's laid on your heart already, even tonight. You think, I've tried and I've tried and I've tried. Maybe you just need to find a place and say, Lord, help me to get them to your feet. There's obstacles and there's a mountain to climb. But Lord, help me to get them to your feet. Father, I thank you for loving us. Thank you for the mercies of God. Lord, thank you for those that have helped get me to your feet. Even Brother Shear that I spoke of. Lord, his life spoke so vividly and helped me at times to get to your feet.
Brother Parker, help get me to your feet. Different ones that I've seen and visited with and known have helped get me to your feet. The lady that I give in my testimony that turned around and looked at me and spoke to me about salvation. I don't even know what her name is, but she was instrumental in getting me to your feet in salvation. Thank you, Lord, for those who have got us to your feet. Let us do likewise and get others to your feet. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me tonight with your heads bowed?